I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only hippopotamus will do. I don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy. I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I don't think Santa Claus will mind, do you? He won't have to use your dirty chimney. Just bring him through the front door. That's easy thing to do. Hi, this is Bobby, and I'm a big-ass runner from the frozen tundra state of Wisconsin. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your hosts, Jeff, holding down the fort, Harold, and Stephen, I wish I was there, but I'm off traveling the world trip. Go Pack Go! Well, thank you, Bobby. What a great introduction. And yes, I'm trying to hold the fort down. This is Jeff Harrell. And this is the Big Ass Runner podcast episode number 73. Bobby, thanks for that great introduction. Bobby's a runner girl, a traveler, and an animal lover, and obviously a big fan of the Green Bay Packers. We have a lot of listeners in Wisconsin, and we really, really appreciate you. Well, I think we've got a great show planned for you today. It is Christmas week. It's hard to believe it's already here. This episode drops on December 20th. Christmas just five days away. Holiday season is definitely here. And we have a fun episode planned. In segment number one, Timmy Time and I did a trail race this past weekend out in Bridgeport, which is west of the area that we live in, about an hour and a half. We wanted to give you a recap of that and some of the things that we encountered that as you guys listen along, see how you would have done this or how you would have reacted to these circumstances. And then segment two, a very special edition of Timmy Time. You're going to love it. We'll get to that in a second. But before we get to segment one and two, you know, last year we brought in one of our friends to share a special message. It's our friend Morgan it was Christmas time a year ago. We had just gotten through 2020, a very tough year. 2021, pretty tough as well, although I think some highlights for sure for all of us. But I wanted to play this again. This is from last year, but certainly just as relevant today. This is our friend Morgan with a very special edition of The Night Before Christmas. This is The Night Before Christmas Big Ass Runner Edition. Twas the night before Christmas, Big Ass Runner Edition. Twas the night before an ultra, when all through the Airbnb, every trail runner was stirring because they were nervous and had to pee. The garments were charging right next to their beds, with dreams of a PR dancing in their heads. The race day gear was laid out with care, the perfect Instagram image would soon get a share. A carbo-heavy meal sat warm in their belly, burritos as big as their faces, compliments of Kelly. Their race day nutrition was thoughtfully prepared, fig newtons and powdered donuts, nothing would be spared. For the pickle-in-a-bag trick, no one was falling, for fear that Big Papa would soon come a-calling. When from somewhere outside there arose such a racket, then we realized it was just Stephen in his new vendor jacket. But suddenly we awoke and realized it was just a dream. There's no trail races this year. This pandemic was mean. Though 2020 sucked like a Dyson vacuum cleaner, they rejected the idea that the grass is always greener. No, this group is different but they see the good in the bad. While not elite runners, they give it all that they have. You see, just like frisbee flippers, they will not be deterred. They are big-ass runners, part of a herd. From Washington to Arizona and Florida, too. From England to Ireland, Latvia and Peru. Made of Clydesdales and unicorns, ninjas and boogies, Pot bellies and wolves, bakers and magic Lucies. They soak up life like a chartreuse sponge, lacing up their hokas and just getting it done. 
Go TJ, go Sarah, go Tom, go Kelly. Go Dana, go Josiah, go Ashley, go Andy. They went on to mention them all by name. Each one unique, who won't leave the world the same. But how do they do it, when so many wither? There's something deep inside you just have to consider. So impossible to measure, data scientists don't start. It's the incredible size of a big-ass runner's heart. Then they said with a loud shout-out in kudos, not a whisper, one of the best gifts of all are the big-ass runner listeners. From your humbled and grateful hosts, Jeff and Stephen, may you get a drop bag full of joy this holiday season. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, you big-ass runners, and keep running your asses off. Well, thank you, Morgan. And as Morgan said, we just hope that you all have a just a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday. If you celebrate Christmas or you celebrate other holidays, we just want you to have a great season of reflection and time with family and hopefully a little bit of rest and relaxation as well. So with that, let's get going on episode number 73 of The Big Ass Runner. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring, snowing and blowing up bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Well, here in segment one, we have Timmy time. What's up, y'all? With his flowing, beautiful hair and all the things that come with it. It's Timmy time. (laughs) Hey, Tim, I thought we would talk about, because you and I had a race this past weekend. Yep. We had an 18K out in Bridgeport, and I thought we could on this. This is a very special Christmas episode of the Big Ass Runner. And as a gift to the listeners, I thought we could talk about our race, some of the things that we encountered, some of the things that we learned, some of the things that happened. That sound good? That sounds good to me. All right. Well, and I did. I a, was there. You were. You were there. Yeah. You were there. As was. How many people were in that race? Maybe eighty. I think there's. Yeah, I think there's about eighty people at least in the eighteen k. Yeah. And there are other people in, in different distances and we had several folks from my coach's team team ninja that were running different races i think a couple of 54ks and several that were in the 18k with us that was a 54 oh that was the two loops yeah two loops and so i thought you know i didn't do a great job of recording like i did last time but i did take a quick recording on the way there so here's timmy time and i on the way to the race Okay, we are here at Bridgeport in line to get into the race. Timmy Time, what's going on up there? Well, we're having to sign some forms. Parking is super slow. I've heard it costs $160 to park. I think we're at Jerry World. Yes, $160 to park is a little excessive. Timmy Time was supposed to sing the national anthem, but we may be too late for that. So, unfortunately, the the runners will not get to experience the greatness of the Timmy Time national anthem. But we're excited about this race. 18K. Be a fun little race. It's about 43 degrees. Perfect conditions. We have people in uh, green vests directing traffic. So we're, we're excited. Yeah, it was about 40 degrees. It was cool and crisp, but not crazy it was cold. windy cold. It was windy, though. The Because wind, where the race started was up on the top of a little bit of a, an area. What do you mean? It's called a bluff. But it, yeah, that sounds cooler than it really was. Yeah. It was just kind of a high area. Yeah. I guess it was a bluff, but it is. A, it was a pretty view. It was a pretty view. And it was cold up there. And that's the first thing I want to talk about because I think strategically, you're like, okay, I'm really, really cold right now. I had the big ass runner beanie on, I had two layers, and I'm always colder at the beginning of the race and then as you go you warm up and so i think that was the first strategic decision that we had to make was what do you wear because if i'd worn the beanie i think it would have been fine at the beginning but quickly would have been too hot you would have been sweating way more than you were yeah because i generate some heat when i run well you're a hottie dude well and you started with the beanie you kept the beanie i did i was going to maybe because of peer pressure and also i like to you know be branded big ass runner but i decided last minute to switch to the backwards path projects cap mm-hmm. and i think that was a good decision yeah i think it was for you too i kept gloves on because I, I don't like my hands to be cold but then shorts and so what, what what was your strategic running gear decision well it was the first race i just bought a brand new pair of shoes never even wore them 
Yeah, what was up with that? You've never worn them at all. Never worn them at all. Well, I can't. I I tried them on in the house, and I walked about 10 paces. (laughs) So, Timmy Time breaking the rule of don't try anything new for a very race. Although, you know, it wasn't a super long one, 11 miles, but Mm -hmm. still, brand new shoes. Brand new shoes, and they were bright orange, and they were lovely. I liked them. I forget what they're called. They're the Nike uh, Terra Train. Yeah, they're the Nike. I thought they were the Kygers or something. Or Kyger, that's it. Yeah, yeah. They were not, not the wild horse. I'm not detailed, but they yeah. were they were great. But I had those. I had a pair of wool socks. Yeah. Little shorts. Little shorts. Little shorts. Little high shorts. I don't know. They're like ten inches long. And then long sleeve Under Armour shirt and my beanie hat, and that was freezing until about mile two. Well, here's another decision you made. You had no food or water on yourself, on your person. Forgot my naked belt. You forgot your naked belt and naked belt. You forgot your naked belt. Did you forget your naked belt? <laughs> I Timmy did. Time. I did. And you decided that was fine because I said, "Hey, we can stop and get some water. Or we can stop." And you're like, "Ah, don't need it. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna." And you didn't drink any water the whole race, right? Nope. Mm-mm. Goodness gracious, I nope. couldn't do that. Nope, I uh, I actually, with the fun part of the race, I might be jumping ahead, but Coach Greg jumped out of the woods and kind of startled me. And uh, I got to run with him for like three or four miles and we passed an aid station and I figured he was going to stop and no one stopped and I was right on him. So I was like, ah, it's 11 miles. I can go without water. Yeah, I think we stopped. We had two aid stations through the 11 miles. One, I think about mile three, mm-hmm. and then you passed the same one at mile probably five and i think there was water at the towards the end it wasn't really an aid station it was just like a bucket of water yeah we'll get to like that a trough like a, like a trough yeah, i didn't see the trough well that's because I'm, I'm i'm a clydesdale i saw the trough i was i'm attracted to troughs are you kidding me so yeah so here's what i want to ask you about because originally you were going to run with me you're a much faster runner just just a normal and you were going to run with me it's like hey i'm just going to have a fun race we're just going to go at your pace I said, you know what, Tim, you should try to push yourself and run with Greg because Greg's a faster runner, mm-hmm. and I think y'all would be a good match. And you were, you were like, no, no, I'm going to run with you. And then maybe a minute before the race, you decided. Yep. You said, I'm going to run with Greg. I'm going to run with Greg. Which I'm glad you did. Yeah, me too. Because I always feel bad when – and I, know I enjoy running with you and Steven and Richard and all the other people we run with – but I'm a slower runner, and so I always feel like I'm I'm holding you guys back. And so I'm always glad when you guys go and trot off into the sunset, so to speak. <laughs> so you decide to run with Greg. But I noticed, and I was looking at some of the race pictures, that you didn't really start at the beginning. You were kind of mid, mid-pack. So do you feel like that put you behind? A little bit. I mean, the race started off maybe a quarter of a mile down a, almost a flat gravel road and then took a hard left and then went steep. Yeah, went straight down. Straight down. And then took another hard left and big hill again and then steep again before we got to the trail. So when I first started, they all, like 10 guys out of the box. So they took off. Took off, probably seven minute miles. And I'm like, mm, I don't trust myself to uh, run that fast for that long. So I just got myself a little little right under eight minute pace for a few miles and ended up just keeping that almost the whole way until we uh, got to the terrain. Yeah, because I want to describe the course a little bit. So you you leave the bluff area, you go down this road, and then you go straight down this road, like a really steep, I mean, really steep. And then you go down another part of the road, and then you tuck into a trail. It's a single track. And you're on that single track for quite a while. So what happened with me, and you know, I, I just I started out kind of towards the back of the pack, and I got behind some people that were probably even slower than I was, and so it was hard to get around them on that single track. So I'm just curious. On your left. Yeah. On your left. I know, and they're listening to music, of course. Some of them were. Not all of them. Most of them were not, actually. They were, they were good trail runners, but a couple of them were. So I got behind it, and so I was – I probably, if you look at my splits, I probably started out a little slower than even I wanted to. So I'm curious to know, because you didn't start at the beginning, did you get behind some slower runners? Did you have to move around them? I did. I got stuck behind, actually not even stuck. She had a good pace. She was probably going eight miles once we hit that dirt track, you know, the trail. And it was nice and hard. It was packed. Yeah. Compact. So it was good running through the trees. But it was funny while I was watching her and I knew I could go faster than her, but she had a good pace and it was just trying to get my, my hands warm and just trying to still warm up. And I was watching her steps. And this poor little thing was probably taking three steps to every single one of mine. And I was like, her feet are going to be so tired <laughs> when she's done. Welcome to my world. I, even though I'm 6'4", for some reason, I take 
pretty shorter step. I think that's something I got to work on is my not over striding certainly, but stride length. I think I need to work on that. Yeah. Getting the kick and, and that sort of thing. But I was behind her for maybe half a mile and then she came on another guy. And when she decided to pass him, I took that as my opportunity to pass her. So I went and passed both of them. And then after that I was off to the races and meet new people on there, which is always great. You know, just chatting while you're running. That's one thing I love about trail running. Yeah, this race was very, very runnable. The first, I'd say, six miles. Maybe seven. or Yeah, six or seven miles. You're thinking, and even the race director cautioned us. He said, you're going to think today you're going to get a PR. You know, the first two-thirds of it is really runnable. Windy trail, single track, but flat for the most part. I didn't see anybody fall in the first seven miles. Not in the first part. But then you come back to that main road and you go up the road a little bit. And I actually passed a couple of people that I was running with at that point. And I said to them, I, I wonder if the second half of this race is as easy as the first. And then I wish I hadn't said that because Jinxed yourself. I did because right after that, it got really technical for us here in mm-hmm. Texas anyway. And a lot of trees are shedding leaves. So you have tons of leaves on the trail and you can't see roots and rocks and things and, and a lot more vertical, a lot more up and down, a lot more winding through trees and over rocks. And so the last, I would say four miles were pretty difficult. If you were running, let's say I would think I was running a 10 minute pace that slowed down to probably 11, 11 and a half through those trees. Yeah. That, and the same thing here, I was doing maybe an eight and then I looked at my splits and I think I was about nine fifteen, nine thirty for the end. So I think this, race would have been really good for people like i think you enjoy the technical part mm-hmm, i do and so if you're really good at the technical part and can really move through the trees quickly then i think this race would be set up perfectly and that's what happened right you you started to make up a lot of ground in that yep. second half of the race mm-hmm. yep i love that technical aspect of it i love jumping between rocks and trying to trying to figure out where the trail is a couple of times i couldn't see any markers and i'm just hoping that all right am i going the right way because there's a few times where i didn't have anybody around me didn't see anybody? Nope. And I could see somebody. I remember I was going up probably mile nine and I saw one of the leaders coming down and I started getting that poaching sensation. Like uh, I'm he's got the catch poaching. Him. And then I get up there and I'm like, oh my goodness, he's probably a mile ahead of me. There's no way I'm going to catch him. So for that hole up there, I was just by myself hoping I was going the right way and hoping not I don't fall because there was a lot of rocks, but that's what makes it fun for me. And at one point, you were you and Greg were running together, and y'all were in what you, you described to me as the chase pack. You were trying mm-hmm. to chase down the leader. Yeah. That's got to be cool. It was cool, yeah. So Greg was just, he had his pace down, and he knew exactly what we wanted to do, try and conserve some energy. And then he saw somebody he knew and wanted to stop because he's a super friendly guy. And yep. he just stopped, and he's like, I'll catch up with you. And then, unfortunately, I think he fell at the end, so I never he never got back up to me. But he runs a good race. I love his stride and how he runs. Yeah, he's a great runner. So at the end of this race, you think you're about done, but you, then you remember, hey, we went down this huge hill to start this race. Well, guess what I have to do? I have to go back up this huge hill. And there was a huge vert. It was probably, what, maybe 100 yards? It was terrible. And there's no running up it. It's like no. climbing. It's it's very, very vertical. And so at that point, did you see anybody ahead of you? Or you pretty much you knew kind of where you were? Well, at that point, there was a bunch of the 5Ks. Oh, came yeah. before, so I couldn't tell. So I, I was passing people and I couldn't tell who they were. So I finally spartaned up and noticed that my tag was red. Yeah. So I needed a count on the red guys. And then at the very, when I was at the bottom of the hill or maybe about halfway up, I look up and I saw a red just finishing it. So I was like, oh, I can get him maybe. And by 17 seconds, I couldn't catch him. Oh, and that was the, ended up being the third place third guy. Place. You came yeah. in fourth place. I did come in fourth. Yeah. Congratulations. You were, I think you ran it in 135. The winner was 130. So you're mm-hmm. only five minutes off the pace. Yeah. So good job, Timmy Time. Well, thank you. And you got first place in the Masters division. I did. I actually got a, a certified metal bottle opener. Slash bottle opener. Yeah. <laughs> we need to actually have that picture. I'll, I will post it on, huh. on the Instagrams yeah. this week. So back to your first question about me being in the back of the – Yeah. we started off. Yeah. I think if I'd have been in the front – I don't, I don't think it would have made that big a difference. For really? Me. No, I just, I didn't feel like I could handle running. I'd never ran out there before and I didn't want to bonk, even though it's only 11 miles. I just didn't want to, you know, go out a seven minute pace and all of a sudden come up to the hills. Yeah. I knew they were going to be out there somewhere and you, then just fatigue. Yeah. This race, if you, if we'll, we'll do it again. I did it two years ago. They didn't have it last year because of COVID. 
if, if we do it again, we'll do it again next year because it's a fun race. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of, it's a lot of strategy because you really want to be very efficient in those first five or six miles where it's very runnable. Don't want to waste a lot of time. Don't want to get behind anybody slow. Mm-hmm. Like you want to be really, really efficient, but at the same time, save some energy for that second half of the race, which is a lot more technical, a lot more uphill. And Yep. For the wall of shame that we had to climb up. <laughs> and just knowing that's coming, you know, yeah. it, it. And I did not know it was going to be like that. No. And I. Yeah. I had run it two years ago, but I'd I'd remembered that part, but I'd forgotten the trees and how technical it got. And I ran a, a pretty good race for me. I, I think I shaved about 20 minutes off my time from two yeah, years ago, did. which is great. And but, you took six minutes to help somebody. I, I did help someone. So this had never happened to me in all the races I've done. But I'm running along. It's actually mile eight. Because I remember looking at my watch when I when I heard this. I, I hear in the back, in, just off in the distance, help me out. Like, I mean, just like someone help, asks, crying out for help. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, what happened to Timmy time? Yeah, to Tim, it didn't sound like you. I knew it wasn't you, but it's like, oh my goodness. And so I, I keep running because it's hard to tell because this is a windy trail. So you don't know where, you know, what direction you're going. You don't know where that person is relative to where you are necessarily. So I just keep running down the trail. And I'm I'm the next person that comes up on, on her. It's a lady who had fallen and hit her basically went knee first into this huge rock and she was hurting. There was no like blood or any visible broken bones or anything like that, but she was definitely, definitely in a lot of pain. And it's one of those things I did not take my phone with me. And so it's one of those things like, what do you do? Because normally I would just call or text or something, you know, something, uh, she was, I could tell she wasn't in danger, you know, and like it, it wasn't like life or death critical, so just in pain, but just in pain and, and could not, you know, get up and walk at that point. And it just happened. It just happened maybe, you know, a minute before. And so the only thing I could do is really like go run for help, but I don't know where I am on the course. I mean, like I said, I knew, I knew I was in mile eight and I got three more miles to go. I'm hoping that the course takes me to a road or something, but I, I said, I said, the best thing I think I can do for you. And she was, she was like, I'm, I'm fine. I'm hurting. I've shed water. So like there was no danger there. So I, I took off running for help, but staying on the trail was really the only thing I could think to do. Cause I wasn't sure where else to go. Yeah. And you can get turned around out there. Yeah. So I, after a while, I finally like came across some other runners. I said, did y'all see the lady that fell? Oh yeah. We, we texted. So I knew she had been, they had texted and, and had gotten her help and alerted the, the crew. So it's one of those things like you're, you feel helpless because mm-hmm. I didn't have my phone on me. I was like, what do I do? And it, we were in the middle of these trees. You don't know where the heck you are. We actually got to talk to her after the race. Yep. We ran into her after the race and she was, she was fine. I think stunned. She had, she had blacked out when it first had happened and saw stars and all that, but she was walking around and I think it turned out to be fine. So that was an interesting thing that had never mm-hmm. happened to me on the, on the trails before. Oh yeah. I had a guy fall in front of me as well. And I thought he hit his, uh, he was an older guy and he, I thought he hit his head right on a big rock. And I stopped and helped him get up. And I said, dude, I think you hit your head. And he's like, no, I put my hand in front of it. And then he stood up and I was like, okay, I'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go. (laughs) But going back to your point about not having a phone, ever since I got my my Garmin watch three or four years ago, I've never ran with my phone. Yeah, I usually do. Uh, Did I tell you when I was in Wisconsin? And I went, I was downtown oh, yeah, lost, yeah. and I ran and I got completely lost and had to come up to somebody and ask them for their phones so they could pull up a map and find where I was at. Can I use your phone? <laughs> it was the hair. They, it was they, the hair. They, she they was super was nice. She was super nice because of the yeah. hair. Well, I did have one other occasion where someone fell behind me. I, we were running. I was running with two other people and got to chat with them a little bit. Of course, I asked them about their shoes because they had some of the Saucony trail shoes. I was asked about that. And a lady came up behind us and she was running about, about the same pace. But I'm always cognizant. Like I'm a Clydesdale. Sometimes it's hard to get around me. So I, I look kind of look back and said, "Hey, do you you want to go around?" And she she kind of looked looked down, and said no, and then tripped, <laughs> like and fell. Just you made her fall. That's what I felt like. <laughs> I felt so bad. Like oh, I distracted her. I think I made her fall. Never saw her again. <laughs> I felt bad She's though. She's probably still out there, Jeff. I felt bad though. Well, it was a great race. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Blaze Trails put on the race, and we had a good time. You came in four, so you had a great time. You know, but going back to falling, it's unfortunately that's part of, I guess I say unfortunately and fortunately, it's part of trail running, you know, because you are, you're going to be out there and you're jumping. You don't keep the same stride. You're trying to figure out where your feet should hit. And, you know, when we were doing 
think it was Bandera when we were at Camp Eagle. Yeah. And Steven, I had to yell at him because he kept kicking rocks. I'm like, lift up your feet, lift up your feet. Yep. And uh, I think we all may have fell on that race. Yeah. This one, because of the leaves covering up stumps and stuff, that it was a little tricky. Mm-hmm. And those little stumps will get you. It's not the big ones. You can see those. It's those little bitty ones that get you. So yeah, Or the roots. The roots. Those yeah. are tough. Well, let us know. What is your race gear strategy when it's cold at the beginning of a race? Do you tend to dress like you're going to be warmer? Or do you like to stay warm and maybe shed some layers as you go? And have you ever come upon a fallen runner before? What do you do? Do you, do you carry your phone with you? A lot of, a lot of things to consider, but it was a great race. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of good time. We're going to do it again next year. Oh yeah. 100%. And great job, Timmy time. You came in fourth. Nice one, job. One other thing about race preparing after the race, I need to prepare. Cause when we were done, we got up on that bluff and my arms were sweating. My chest and everything wasn't sweat. I was wearing a long sleeve shirt, but my arms were and my legs and that wind and I was freezing cold and we had to walk 20 miles to the car. Yeah. After we paid $160. So I have to, to uh, I have to remember that, that I have to have a change of clothes near me or at least a coat or some pants because we were, there was, I was looking around, there was probably six or seven of us that were just shivering, waiting. Yeah. We would have stayed around longer to see people finish, but we were so cold we yeah. took off. And went and got a burger and fries. Yeah, we did. So you got to prepare pre-race and after. That's true. Good feedback there, Timmy Time. Nicely done. Well, that is our experience at the Bridgeport 18K. Let us know about your experience on your latest race. Timmy Time, thanks for joining me. You're welcome, man. Thanks for having me. It's always fun running. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the 5 and 10 It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Well, one of the things we absolutely love to do is to give shout-outs and kudos to the big-ass runners out there just making it happen. This week, we wanted to give a special shout-out to Elaine Valley. Elaine is a runner here in the... Dallas area. I believe she lives in Garland. And she, this past weekend, finished her 17th marathon. She completed the Dallas Marathon. I think it's called the BMW Dallas Marathon. I wonder if you finished first. If you get a BMW, that'd be sweet. But Elaine, great job getting out there, making it happen. 17th marathon. I've only done one. So hats off. Big kudos. Shout outs and kudos. Way to go, Elaine. There's a tree in the Grand Hotel, one in the park as well. It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Timmy Time! Timmy Time is here and special guest, Marcy Beza. Hey guys! Oh, oh, she took over my <laughs> intro. Can you believe that? Man. Am that I was my awesome. I think I should just leave. I know. <laughs> hey, that's how it goes. It As a is. husband, you got to yield to the wife. She always steals my thunder. That's the way it goes. Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. This is the special Christmas episode of The Big Ass Runner. Very excited. And what we thought we would do for this very special edition of Timmy time is I asked the big ass runner, you know, there's, there's Christmas carols. Mm-hmm. Some have their favorites. Like you probably have your favorites. You probably have some of your not so favorites. Of course. So I asked the big ass runner heard mm-hmm. what their favorite Christmas carols are and their least favorite. Oh, I got the data scientists involved. They got their <laughs> Hewlett Packard calculators out and they compiled all the results. So this is all very official. All right. okay. I, mean, I can't tell you how official this is <laughs> other than it's very official. Double secret probation. Yeah. Yes, double secret probation. So we're going to unveil a big unveiling here. The five worst Christmas songs and five best as voted on by the okay. big ass runner heard. You ready for that? The official. Yeah, so Timmy Time will sing. Well, we're going to do five. I think we're going to do five worst. Oh, we're going to do the worst ones first? Yeah, because I like like to end on a bang. You know what I'm saying? I like to Mm -hmm. end on a a Mm -hmm. high note, so to speak. 
I'll do a little bit of a setup. There's no guessing because these are these are carols. A lot of people have covered these before. So we're not going to do the normal thing that Stephen does where he tries to guess and says Menudo, you know, for every guest (laughs) or or Rick Astley. (laughs) Never going to give you up. Which Tim does a good Rick. Let's hear it. Never going to give you up. (laughs) Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. you. Oh, dessert. I like dessert. Is it not dessert? I love dessert. Mm. I love dessert, too. There's pecan pie downstairs. Oh, delicious. (laughs) All right. Ready for the first one? No. Okay. Well, ready or not. So this is a novelty Christmas song written by Randy Brooks. You know Randy Brooks. The song was originally performed by the husband and wife duo Elmo Shropshire and Patsy Trigg <laughs> nice. in 1979. He was popular in high school. Oh, he was so popular. Elmo was. Mm-hmm. Timmy time, take it away. <clears throat> All right. Worst song number one. <laughs> Grandma got run over by a reindeer. <laughs> walking home from our house Christmas Eve. Yippee! You can say there's no such thing as Santa, but as for me and Grandpa, we believe. <laughs> Nicely done, Timmy Time. Thank you. Oh, that was good, honey. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're I've like been, the best. I've been practicing. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> Your vocal coach is getting it right. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. Did you ever hear that song as a kid and just go, why is this a Christmas song? It was awesome. It was like my favorite Christmas <laughs> song. Really? Well, Tim's from East Texas. Oh, that's originally. true. He says California, but really he's yeah. from East Texas. That's born in East Texas. <laughs> that's a good point. Born and raised. So all this made sense to you? Yes. That, that grandma would get run over by it a reindeer? It was real. Maybe not reindeer, just deer. Just deer in general? Deer. Mm-hmm. John, deer. John, John Deere. John Deere. <laughs> oh, a tractor. Oh. R.I.P. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Well, that's number one. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Number one on the list of worst Christmas songs. And number two may be the worst Timmy Time song. We will see. Ever. We'll see. That's that's going to be hard to beat. That's just a joke. There's many, many in the repertoire. <laughs> this song is performed by American singer Eartha Kitt. With Henry Rene and his orchestra okay. in 1953. The song was written by Joan Javits and Philip Springer. Is, you, Joan Jett? We're going to see her. <laughs> Joan Javits, <laughs> who also used a pseudonym, Tony Springer, in an attempt to speed up the song's publishing process. Don't know why that was necessary. Lyrically, the song is a tongue-in-cheek look at Christmas list addressed by, to Santa Claus by a woman who wants extravagant gifts such as sables, yachts, and decorations from Tiffany's. Mm. Why would she want a sword? I don't, we'll find a out. Saber. Honey, we'll that's find. a saber. Sable. Oh. Sable. Oh. Sable. Fur, fur coat. Fur coat. See, I thought it was a car. She got the boots with the fur. There you go. So it's it. it's a boots with somebody looking for a sugar daddy. Oh, yeah, I think Marthy, yeah. Marks is onto something. Yeah. We got something, sugar Santa. I think everyone's guessing what this is. Timmy, time, take I it away. It. Worst Christmas song number two. Santa baby, just slip a sable under the tree <laughs> for me. Been an awful good girl. Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa baby, a 54 convertible to light blue. I'll wait up for you, dear. So hurry to the chimney tonight. Timmy time. I wish you guys could have seen this. <laughs> that, that was, was fantastic. Awesome. I mean, he was into it. Yeah, he had a little head. Yeah, there was a shimmy. Yeah. There was like a head. What is this called? Head bob. Head bob. Head bob. Head bob. Yeah, it was. It was sexy. <laughs> well, the podcasting room is a little cold. All of a sudden, it warmed up. Yeah, it did. quickly. Yeah, it's hot lady looking for Santa. <laughs> Got into character. Yeah, very he true. Did. Very he true. Did. Should have tied your shirt up into a knot. 
I yes. but my belly's cold. <laughs> it is cold in here, but all of a sudden, not anymore because of Timmy Time's rendition of Santa Baby. <laughs> Number two in the list of worst <laughs> Christmas songs. That may be the best now. It Maybe. Be. We may flip this list. <laughs> Let's flip it. Let's flip it. <laughs> All right, number three. This song is sung by an English, English, not English, English musician named. Have you heard this guy's name? Paul Paul McCartney. Courtney. Paul. Is it Paul? Paul McCartney. I can't believe this made the list. I love uh, this song. Really? Re- well, it made the list. Recorded yeah. during his solo album, McCartney 2. McCartney. It was released in 1979. It was part of an album. I don't know. It charted in the top 10 in Austria, Germany, Ireland, I'm not even kidding. Latvia. Oh, yeah. The Netherlands and the UK, as well as top 20 in Canada, Slovakia, Sweden, and Switzerland. Here you go, Timmy Time, song number three. All right. Five worst Christmas songs. Number three. The moon is right. The spirit's up. We're here tonight. And that's enough. Simply having a wonderful christmas time simply having a wonderful christmas time the end i was just singing that by myself I today it. i like well, that song a lot I don't of people Yes, that Brazilian. made the list. I know that, that's a controversial because mm-hmm. some of these made both the favorite and the oh, least favorite. Of this course it is did. one of if the I ones. If I have to sing Santa Baby twice, I'm leaving. No, you're not singing it twice. <laughs> we although all could wish. It's now on the podcast forever, so we can all listen to it over and over <laughs> and over again. All right, the song number four. This one is a Christmas song with music and lyrics by British songwriter Tommy Connor. And first recorded by Jimmy Boyd in 1952. Mm. It has since been covered by many artists with the Ronettes version in 1963 being the most famous cover of all time. Y'all know that one, right? The Ronettes. Ron and the Ronettes. Ron and the Ronettes. Like Roxette. Something like that. Mm -hmm. All right, Timmy Tom, whenever you're ready. All right. Worst Christmas song, number four. I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus underneath the mistletoe last night. She didn't see me creep down the stairs to have a peep. She thought I was tucked up in my bedroom fast asleep. Then I saw mommy tickle Santa Claus underneath his beard so snowy white. Oh, what a laugh it would have been if daddy only seen mommy kissing Santa Claus. Nicely done, Timmy Time. Are you really singing your best? <laughs> is this it? That was great. What are you talking about? Yes, this is the best. This is the best. That was I amazing. What are you even talking he about? He looked yeah. so disappointed when I said that. <laughs> this is the what? best there is. Why do you think they have me do this? I know. It's so good. The people demand it. Uh, they, they do. do. They, they are They demand it. They demand it. That song is just uh, weird to me. Yeah. Why is mommy kissing? What what's going on there? Hey, huh? Oh no, there's no kids listening, are there? Oh, there's tons of kids listening. Oh, mm-hmm. oh. All the sexy Christmas songs make me a little uncomfortable. They're weird, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't let's, belong there. That's why a lot of yeah. them made the list. It's yeah. like, come they're, on, they're uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Timmy, tell me <laughs> something he wants to say, but he, he knows he can't yeah. say it. He wants to whisper it where the kids can't hear, but. <laughs> No, I don't want to ruin Christmas. Oh, I see where you're going. Oh, uh, I think I know where you're Okay. All right. So, oh, it's starting to make sense now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not really Tickling Santa Claus. his beard. Yeah, that's a little... It's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This fifth and final worst song was, a no- again, a novelty Christmas song written in 1944 by Donald Yetter Gardner. That's one of your favorites, Timmy Time. <laughs> hey, well, she goes to our church. <laughs> I don't think so. Donna Gardner? (laughs) Donald Yetter Gardner. While teaching music at public schools in Smithtown, New York, he asked his second grade class 
what they wanted for Christmas and noticed that almost all of these students had at least one tooth missing. That might be a little bit of a clue. <laughs> Timmy time, whenever you're ready. Worst Christmas song, number five. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. See my two front teeth. Gee, all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Then I could wish you Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, it seems to be long since I could say Fifth to Susie on the fifth hole Gosh, oh gee, how happy I would be If I only had my Christmas for my two front teeth Well done, Timmy Time It is so hard to sing and read at the same time it, Well, yeah, it is I can imagine, I can imagine It appears hard Did you like the whistle? I yeah, like the whistle. <laughs> that was a good addition for sure. Yes. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Came in fifth. Yeah. Not surprising. Not mm-hmm. a great song. Mm-mm. 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 Yeah, Very popular. I, when I get in the Christmas mood, I, that's not one I want to no, hear. No, I didn't pull that one out at all, <laughs> at all this year. I hope they play it at church. You think so? They might. <laughs> they just might. You ready for the top five? I'm kind top of I'm five. very Let's excited. Do it. Yeah. I'm very excited. And see what they I are. can see the list, but I can't see the list. So it's all a surprise to me because yes. I don't have my glasses Marcy on. Marcy does not have her yeah. glasses. So, so every, all like, this is going to be. It's all new for me. Yeah. <laughs> I just want everybody to know I get this list like five minutes before we start. Which is part of the beauty. Yeah. yeah. It's the surprise that we all get. Yes. We all get Timmy Time <laughs> surprise. That's the best kind of surprise. Now, this first song, I will say, got a lot of votes as the worst song as well. But it got a lot more votes as the best song. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So this song was by an American singer who co-wrote and co-produced it with Walter Afanasilophagus. He was on Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was her first holiday album, Merry Christmas, in 1994. Columbia Records also released it as a lead single from the album on October 29th, 1994. The track is in... Up tempo, so you ready for that? Up tempo mm-hmm. love song that includes bell chimes, oh, ding, ding, ding. backing vocals, mm-hmm. and get this synthesizers. It has oh. become a Christmas standard and continues to surge in popularity each holiday season. With that, Timmy, time whenever you're ready. Very best Christmas song ever. Number one. Number one. Well, I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. I just want for you my own, more than you could ever know. Make my wish come true, baby. All I want for Christmas is you, baby. Christmas Vacation. I always think of that song. Yes. Well done. Of course, that by the greatness of Mariah Carey. But I think Timmy Time's version yeah. much better. Man, if I'd have known that, I'd have sang my, my high voice. Um, well, do a couple of lines in your high voice. I don't think so. Come on, Timmy Time. Yeah, it's good. Let's see. Let me think about it. How do I? I don't want a lot for Christmas. There is just one thing I need. Oh, wow. <laughs> so good, honey. That's so good, man. So good. Man, I have range. You're so versatile. You range. <laughs> You're like Barry Gibb over there with your falsetto. Uh, <laughs> I don't want a Definitely not Christmas. quitting my day job. All right. That was good, Timmy Time. The second one. Is a Christmas novelty song. A lot of novelty songs. Yeah, what does that even mean? This, isn't the novelty like an MB ice cream? likes this one. Oh. oh. It's a what novelty song Can't written wait. by John Rocks in... Is it my song? When he wrote it. He was... he. Oh, John Rocks lived in 1902 oh, to my. 1957. And it was performed by Gayla Peavy in 1953. It peaked at number 24 in the Billboard magazine's pop charts in December <gasps> of 19... 19- 53. None of us were alive then, but nope. I'm sure it happened. Timmy Time, when I was minus 22. Nice. <laughs> Can't do math in my head that fast. Best Christmas song ever, number two. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only hippopotamus will do. 
I don't want a doll, no dinky tinker toy. I want a hippopotamus to play with and enjoy. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I don't think Santa Claus will mind, do you? He won't have to use your dirty chimney. Just bring him through the front door. That's easy thing to do. It's turned into a wrap. I love it. Turned into a rap at the end. <laughs> That's our granddaughter George's favorite song year round. Is it really? <laughs> yeah. Aww. I introduced her to that bad boy. Oh, you still trying to sing that? I am. How did I get <laughs> so much time? Got, I'm confused. We need George in here to uh, sing yeah, that. Yeah, you too. do need Georgia. That would be awesome. I don't know how the second half of that song goes. Well, <laughs> oh well. I was very, I was surprised. Were y'all, are y'all not surprised that this was on the list? I wait to hear this song. I hear it like three times a year. That's really? it. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like <laughs> it. Goodness. Well, maybe that's why I couldn't sing because I only hear it three times. A year. Yeah. Yeah. He got a little we're, stumbled. We're going to have two year old Georgia teach it to you. Yeah. There you go. Next time she's at your house. All right. This next song is a Christmas song written by Billy Hayes and J.W. Johnson. Oh, my goodness. Famously performed by an artist that is fairly well known and sometimes goes by only one name. The King. It was first recorded by Doyle O'Dell in 1948. It is a tale of unrequited love during the holidays and is a legendary staple of Christmas music, especially in the country genre. Timmy Time. Best Christmas song ever, number three. Well, I'll have a blue Christmas without you. Well, I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same. If you're not here with me, and when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue memories start calling. (laughs) You'll be doing all right. With your Christmas of white, but I'll have a blue, 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 blue Christmas. Woo, Timmy time! Thank you very much. Timmy, I'm ready to throw my bra at you right now. <laughs> Do it, ready? Do it, ready? Not you, Jeff. Okay, I'm gonna leave. I'm leaving the studio <laughs> so that Timmy time and Marcy can have a moment. That was good to me. That was like Biggie, in your that was in your range. Yeah, like was, sweet yeah. your sweet spot. Yeah, sweet spot. For sure. Yeah. Like if you take your range, it was right in the middle. Just right in the sweet spot of your range. All three of those notes. Oh. <laughs> I'm like Elvis. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Well, that's number three. That was well done. Number four. This song is called Stelich Nacht. Heilig Nacht is a popular Christmas carol composed. Listen to this. I don't think we were any of us were born back back then. In 1818, by Franz Xaver Gruber. That sounded German. To lyrics by Joseph Moor. <laughs> in a small town of all the German. So we have a lot of German listeners. Or they're probably. I'm just killing them right now. With my terrible. <laughs> my ter- I have I have German blood too. Uh... I'm kind of embarrassed. Oberndorf by Salzburg, Austria, and was declared an intangible cultural heritage by UNESCO in, ni- in 2011. The song has been recorded by many singers across many genres. The most popular version sung by the greatness of Bing Crosby. Oh, I don't know if the I Bing. Do, Bing. 10 million copies sold as a single. With that, Timmy Time, take it away. Greatest Christmas song ever. Number four, silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, 
Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Yeah! Yay, we'll play Timmy that at church. Timmy well, time. I feel like we should turn the lights off and pass candles yeah, around. We, should, now. Should. I mean, we almost lit a candle on that Almost. <laughs> you know, that song just makes me. I was looking at Marcy's reaction in, in my own sort of, I wouldn't look at my own. <laughs> Internally. But we were both smiling. Like, that's just yes. the kind of song when you hear it, you just smile. You yeah. do. Just one of those feel Brings good. good I thought you guys were just laughing at me. No, we were no, smiling. That's what we're usually just, smiling about, but no, not It's making us happy to me, Tom. Oh, it means good memories. Good, good memories. What a gift the big ass runner heard that was, yes. Timmy Time. Mm, that Thank was a you. good one. Thank you for the gift. You're welcome. Thank you for the gift. <laughs> All right, this last song, also known as Cantique de Noel, is a well-known Christmas carol originally based on a French language poem by poet Placide Chapeau, written in 1843. This is like another another old one. Mm-hmm. And composer, I can't even pronounce these. I'm so sorry. Adolphe Adam set to music in 1847. This is an old one. They had music in 1847? I guess so. The English version is by John Sullivan Dwight. The carol reflects the birth of Jesus as humanity's redemption. Ooh, Timmy Todd. That's a deep one. A little pressure. Under pressure. Okay. Number five. Greatest Christmas song, number five. Since it's number five, does it mean it's the best? I don't know. You've been doing them. Okay. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining. Till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. On your knees, abandon the angel voices. Oh, right beyond all night divine our lord i went off script oh, you wrote your own verses in that one that was, that was good, good. that was good it was way too long <laughs> i had to shorten that thing up uh, <laughs> yeah it looks shorter on paper but yeah. a lot of long notes I Timmy thought time. it was wonderful, honey. That, that was, was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. That was so amazing. That was do you guys a, feel holier now? I feel, well, I I do feel like it was. I do. I do feel more in the Christmas spirit. There now, we go. Then I, the, the hippopotamus song? <laughs> no. Yeah. Hard to believe. What, my teeth, front teeth. Yeah, with the whistle and yeah, and Santa baby and all that. I feel more in the Christmas spirit. It's true. All righty. Well, Timmy time. Great job. Well, Thanks thank to the big ass runner herd for, Sorry for your ears. all the votes. That is fantastic. Thank you for participating. I think this was a, just a great way to get into the Christmas spirit. So thank you, Timmy time. Thanks, You're Timmy. Thanks for having me. And since you did such a great job, I'm actually going to play your theme song on the way out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what? that was Timmy Time. Well, believe it or not, that is the end of episode number 73 of The Big Ass Runner. Thanks so much for joining us. I want to say a big thanks to Bobby for that amazing introduction for Timmy Time in that Bridgeport 18K recap. And congratulations on your fourth place finish, first place Masters. 
big shout out and congratulations and kudos to Lane Valley for her 17th marathon. And of course, again, thanks to Timmy Time and his amazing vocals. To the Big Ass Runners for voting on your top five and bottom five Christmas songs, Christmas and holiday songs. And thanks for Marcy for joining us and singing along with Timmy Time. I think we might have uh, broken the internet again. Who knows? And big thanks to our partners. You know, we only partner with companies that we love and products that we love. And so if you are needing new gear to start out 2022, head to pathprojects.com and get the best apparel there is. We hear feedback all the time from the big ass runners who say, hey, thanks for that, that insight because they love the shorts, they love the shirts, the caps. Everything that Path Projects does is is the best in the industry. And then also Salty Britches, you know, one of our new partners. We love their products. Their chafing ointment is amazing. I've been using them. I've been using that product for quite a while now, the last several races, and it is fantastic. And then, of course, it's getting cold out there. Get your Vander Jacket, VanderJacket.com. Well, with that, thanks again for joining the podcast. Get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire to face unafraid the plans that we made. Walking in a winter wonderland, walking in a winter wonderland. Walking in a winter wonderland Up on the trailhead, Clydesdale's paws, dreaming of new gear from Santa Claus. Down through the woods with lots of toys, wearing a Vander jacket, trail runner joys. Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? Up on the trailhead, rocking apparel from Path Project. First comes Steven's new ass stuff. Oh dear wallet, this could be rough. Give us suggestions from the two by list. Gels, headlamps, towels, and a weighted vest. Ho ho ho, who wouldn't go? Ho ho ho, who wouldn't go? Up on the trailhead. Rocking apparel from Path Project. Look for some sightings of Jeff Harrell In his new trail shoes and apparel Here at Irwin on the single track A new Vander jacket on his back Ho ho ho, who wouldn't go? Ho ho who wouldn't go? Up on the trailhead Rocking apparel from Path Project up on the trailhead, click, click, click. Rocking apparel from Path Project. Last but not least, it's Timmy time. Spitting out another sweet ass rhyme. Laughing with Marcy is such a treat. She'll build a comfort station that can't be beat. Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? Ho, 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 who wouldn't go? Up on the trailhead, click, click, click. Rocking apparel from Path Project. Up on the trailhead, click, click, click. Rocking apparel from Path Project. But I did take a quick recording on the way there. So here's, here was Tim and I. Here's Timmy Time and I. It was a pretty view. It was a pretty view.
Well, that welcome to my world, even though I'm <clears throat> because the first <coughs> you want to go around. <coughs> Dr. Yi will be here any minute and we need to make a good impression. If you need to cough, cough now. <coughs> That's true. Good, 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 uh, good feedback there, Timmy yeah. Time. Oh, boy. Well, we are here to do something, which I'm not even sure what that is. Oh, no, it's Christmas time. Yeah. All lot. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Here it is. Retake. And since you did such a great job, I'm actually going to play your theme song on the way out. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, what? that was Timmy time. Oh, whoops. <laughs> that was purely by accident. Yes, purely. <laughs> Never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and set you 